The following podcast will contain spoilers for all aired episodes in HBO's Game of Thrones and all published books in George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Jesus, book owner, read a book. Book owner. <laughs> I've read it. I own books. Yes, I, I do own books. <laughs> Ooh, that's a sick burn. It's Greg's Mad Max title. Book owner. Book owner. Book. Finally, we get it. To us. <laughs> in the world of Mad Max, that makes him a grotesque. Oh shit! It's the people leader and the book owner. <laughs> it's just Greg throwing books out of like a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I mean, it. he wouldn't throw books. Welcome to the Vassals of Kingsgrave Dragoncast Edition. We're back to review the second episode of the sixth season of Game of Thrones, titled Home, directed by Jeremy Podzwa and written by Dave Hill. My name is Zach, also known as Alias on the Forums, and joining me for this review we have... Michal, you're first. <laughs> Wait, when did we decide that right. I was first? Pay yeah, attention to the order. Look at the text uh, thing. I'm Come not on. German, as you well know. Yeah, this, is, this is me, Michal, is this your first time? There's clearly a Swiss accent. Jeez, not everything is German. Already fell apart. Hi, guys. I'm Michal. I'm Ink as Rain on the Forums. Whatever. <laughs> great start guys I'm so happy to be here with all of you very nice alright next <laughs> this is uh, Drowned Snow Adam in real life hi I'm Bing Shushan on the forums I'm Jeff Jeff14 on the forums this is Steven SJ Lee on the forums this is Katie Lady Griffin on the forums this is Casey Blue Eyed Queen on the forums this is Matt Varley on the forums my name is Paul and I go as Pod's Plight on the floor of forums the floor floorum forums <laughs> How do I follow that? This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. And uh, this is Small Paul uh, for dinner. <laughs> so yes, we have not only an amazing amount of hosts joining for this, this week's Dragoncast, but also two Pauls. So this won't be confusing or a clusterfuck at all. But yeah, we'll try our bet. We're trying our very best here to review the second episode of Game of Thrones, starting, of course, with the Lemon Cake Reviews. Starting with you, Michal, what did you think of Home? Uh, I shockingly actually really liked it. I probably <laughs> this a four, four Lemon Cakes. I don't think this has ever happened before. It's, it's I like, know. <laughs> I know. My my emotions for Game of... I mean, my emotions are gone, but my sure. intellectual understanding was actually like, okay, this is pretty good. Yeah. And yes, I, no, I did enjoy it. The beginning especially was quite delightful. Hmm. Very cool. All right, Adam, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's grown on me. Um, I think I was saying it was maybe like a three at first, but I think I'd give it a four now. I watched it again today, and it was just a really fun episode despite, yeah. you know, the whole Roos Ramsey thing, which I think was kind of stupid, but whatever. All right, Bing, your thoughts? Um, this is getting really boring, because I'm also giving you a four out of five. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Sorry! I actually put it on the post four out of five. At least make it like yeah. a 4.12 or something. There are actually no, quite that's a few not fives. Paul. That's Bing. Yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> Wait for it. 4.20. <laughs> I don't know. I smoke weed every day. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually liked every scene, which is very rare for me these days with Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I didn't even mind the ruse thing other than it was poorly set up. But, 
<laughs> Whatever. All right, and Jeff. Originally, I didn't really like it that much, but then I got guilted up, so I guess I would probably say it's a four now. <laughs> okay. I like got through all my little bitchy hate of it. I realized I actually enjoyed it. Peer pressure. No, we thrive here on bitchy hate. <laughs> all right. No, was... just regular hate. Yeah, rather regular hate too. It's true. Hate so, yourself. so Steven, what did you think? Let's say four out of five too. No reason to beat right. that dead horse. All right. And Katie? Four. I liked it. Move on. Cool. <laughs> wow. Shut up. Why did you ask? I, I didn't realize I didn't realize Ron Swanson was on the call. <laughs> You're not my real dad, Zach. <laughs> what number would you give it, Casey? Well, I'm going to give it a four out of five as well. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, if I can't elaborate, sure. I just, I really thought that it was an amazing episode i loved every scene of it you know i was amazed horrified like every emotion possible the only thing i didn't like was um i felt the mountain scene was a bit filler like mm-hmm. whenever yeah. whenever they do something that i feel like doesn't really pertain to the plot other than like just exemplify something i just i'm like really do we have to but other than that i, I really enjoyed it awesome and matt 4.5 out of five um i agree with everything that casey said except for the mountain part because i feel it wasn't filler is just like giving the total atmosphere of uh, king's landing after the walk and why tommen didn't want his mom going out into the city and that while the guy was pissing a mosquito got on his forehead and mountain was just helping him out <laughs> true and and paul the first what did you think I will give it a 4.321 because the countdown oh. to John's resurrection is finally complete. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was really good. A, a couple quibbles here and there, but nothing to get too worked up about. Very good episode. Got it. And Greg. I'm going to give it a five just because I Whoa. think this is the most wow. I've ever enjoyed an Whoa. episode of Game of Thrones. Just because I've, train. Yeah, I know. I, there were little thing, nitpicks, but like I had such visceral reactions to everything. And it was like because it's so off the you know off the books and off the rails some of it that it was just so enjoyable like I laughed out loud I almost cried it was just it was I was cheering it was it was so much fun to watch and I usually don't get into it that much because like we always like know what's going to happen and this one I had no idea what the hell was going to happen for most of it. All right, and the, Paul the second, the last one. What did you think? I am definitely giving it a three point five <laughs> because I'm not as forgiving as you guys. All right. And we'll, we'll have to hear what, what exactly was your quibble. Uh, as for me, I would give it a pretty high rating as well, probably like a 4.25. There were a couple of scenes in this episode that I thought were absolutely exquisite. I love them. They were exactly what I look for, both in the, in the A Song of Ice and Fire books and the show. They just totally did it for me as far as that goes, and I, I really, really enjoyed them. And the rest was, for the most part from okay to really good. So, yeah, I'd give it pretty high as well. I really enjoyed it. And it was the, probably the best Dorn episode in seasons, wouldn't you think, guys? Probably the best Dorn. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Nothing so much. was wrong. I loved every no. bit of Dorn in this episode. Episodes, like, improve by now, right? When they don't have Dorn in them. It's you just, like, an automatic, oh, you, like, half. You didn't see the sand snakes in King's Landing? Because I saw them. They were in the background. Yeah. Lurking with the extras. Yes. Just like, they were just dressed like up as guards. You guys are joking, right? <laughs> Thank you, Matt. I thought I was like, who's gonna really? I was like, oh shit, do I? I need to rewatch. <laughs> Won't you guys be surprised when it was revealed that Robert Strong is actually Sand Snake sitting on top of each other? Just in the suit of armor. 
I'll give it that five out of five. <laughs> if that's what it's so far, I'll give it a five out of five. <laughs> and he was, she was really trying to like brush his face tenderly and like lean in to whisper a sexual whatever, but instead, she just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like bad pussy, boom. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump into it then. We're going to do a similar structure that that we did last week, so we're just going to kind of go scene by scene as they were shown because it was kind of like the exact same structure as last week. But but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it with Beyond the Wall, where we join the three-eyed raven and Bran as they peer into the past with their green sight. They return to a Winterfell of Eddard Stark's youth and watch as he practices in the yard with his brother Benjen. Bran looks fondly at this happier time and watches as Lyanna Stark comes riding in. Lyanna wonders who Benjen will spar with when Ned goes to the Eyrie and suggests Willis, a young Hoder. But his mother and or grandmother and or great-grandmother Nan says that he will be no fighter. Bloodraven draws Bran out of the vision when he sees him becoming too attached. Bran wakes up under the watchful eyes of the Raven, a child of the forest probably, and Hodor. Bran and Hodor go to find Mira and Bran resists the urge to ask for her to draw him like one of her French girls. <laughs> and Mira wonders how they intend to fight a war from inside a cave. The forest lady tells Mira that Brandon Stark needs her. And that's it. The first scene. This was one of the scenes that I thought was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they mentioned David and Dan in the after the show thing that flashbacks can be a storytelling crutch. And I, I do agree with that for the most part. But the way that it's couched in this case in Bran kind of looking into the past and, and wanting to stay there and, and having that sort of extra weight to it added a lot. And besides that, it was just, this is the kind of stuff I love. I've all, I've desperately wanted to see something like this, a scene into the past like this in a happier time. And it just made me giddy as I assume it also did for Bran to see that moment. So yeah, yeah really loved it. Yeah. Leanna Stark. <laughs> There's no hard yeah. trees in the, in the courtyard. They're not supposed to see this stuff. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought it, it gave me a lot of warm, fuzzy feelings just because of the deliberate, mm. uh, what is the word, staging to remind us of the first episode of the show. Mm, it also right. just made me remember just like how much I miss season three of <laughs> Game of Thrones when there were more Starks still alive. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. All the Starks. Right in the field. Thanks for reminding us, Katie. Jeez. All three of them are dead. Everyone in that shot was dead except for Hodor. Right. And you also, know what Anne. happened to Nan? She's she at the Dreadfort, right? In the books. I mean, yeah. in the books. <laughs> no, I'm sure Ramsey's taking very good care of her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in the show, the actual actress died. Yeah. 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 So I assume she probably died at the sacking of Winterfell or something With like that. everyone else. Yeah. Right. Well, we don't know what happened to Benjen. True. Well, we don't know. He could be alive. True. He's Dario. <laughs> He's in this episode. That's Euron. Yeah, there you go. Little Benjen was so cute, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone think uh, young Roderick Castle looked a bit like Seth Rogen from Freaks and Geeks? (laughs) Nice. Nice pull. Now I can see it, yeah. I didn't even know that was him. I saw that comparison. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what did you not pick up the sideburns? The mutton chops. Uh, Yeah, I missed that, too. Yeah, I was wondering who it was, and I was assuming it was Roderick, but it seems like he should be older compared to Ned if he was right. just, like, yeah. that young. I was wondering if it could have been Brandon, but no, he's been excised. He does not exist, <laughs> as it would seem. Yeah. No, doesn't he? I mean, they mentioned Wait. him, right, in the first season. He has to exist, because yeah. they yeah. mentioned him. Because he died. He and... was there, wasn't he? There were three kids. There were three boys, and yeah, then three boys. showed up. Was he? Okay, maybe I just missed him entirely. Oh, I must have <laughs> No, I thought Mutton Chops was Roderick. Yeah, it's a right. debate between if it's Brandon or Roderick. 
Okay. Well, I okay. assumed it was Brandon. If, it, if it's <laughs> Brandon, it kind of looks a bit disappointing to me. Yeah. It looks way older. Needs to, it needs to be sexier if he was if he was truly. <laughs> Darn right. If he's Brandon. pulling all that. <laughs> well, Brandon's with uh, what's her name, Miss Dustin or whatever. Yeah, he, he likes to uh, <laughs> bloody swords and Getting all that. started early. Did anyone notice that Eddard said, keep your shield up or I'll ring your head like a bell? And John said that in the first season when he's uh, training the Castle Black Boys. I thought I heard that before. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the first right. season. That's a good callback. was with Ollie when he said that. Was mm-hmm. Blood Raven supposed to have makeup on? Not look He's not Blood easy. Raven. He's the Three-Eyed Raven. Three-Eyed Crow, come on. Oh, Three-Eyed Crow, sorry. Three-Eyed Raven. Well, they call him a Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Three-Eyed Crow. Really? I specifically wrote 3-E-R in my notes, so he was a Three-Eyed Raven. A, it's that weird thing. <laughs> they made him Three-Eyed Raven pal. instead of Crow. <laughs> so they don't have to call him I mean, Blood Raven. He's probably still Blood Raven. They're just not laying it out, obviously. But Yeah, that's fine. Are they yeah. ever going to name him, like give his backstory? Or he's just, I mean, some creepy guy in a tree to everybody else who don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> Maybe, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, maybe there'll be a past scene with him as a young man. I doubt Hopefully. it. Hopefully. <laughs> well, it doesn't really matter, even in the books, yeah. that he's Blood Raven, presumably. I don't imagine, other than, like, backstory connections, it's yeah. actually going to matter. We so. just think it's cool. That's all. Maybe he should look more tree-like, but even so, I thought that Max von Sydow had so much presence and totally worked for this character. He just fit for me really well. So Wait, big, big improvement over 3 ER. Point one or 1.0, 1. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Did anyone so, think that the children of the forest thing, that's not how she looked the last time we saw her, right? No, she's more it's like not. A, no. She's more like a, a dirty kid last time. <laughs> like yeah. a Guild Wars character. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she looked like that's one of the female good. vampires from uh, Van Helsing. <laughs> I mean, she looks cool. It was just like, I can imagine like show watchers being like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Slight tangent. Do, what is her name in the book? The Children Leaf, of the Forest? Leaf. 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 Yeah. Leaf. All right. We get it, guys. We all knew Leaf. We all knew Leaf. Way to go. Good work, True. everybody. Yeah, yeah, leaf, 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 Leaf. I got it first. <laughs> <laughs> she looked leafy, I guess, kind of. She did. Guys. Her face looked like it was like a tree or whatever. Guys, Willis and not Walder? Why? I Why? know. Very disappointing. Because there's already a Walder, Walder. and show people can't keep two right. characters. As opposed to the books that don't care if there's a million <laughs> Walders, and the big Walder is small, and the small Walder is big. It doesn't matter. But in yeah. the show, we have... Yes. Different. And he could talk? So what happened? That's <gasps> the mystery. That's the mystery. What happened? That's the that's the final plot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> what happened to what Hodor? Happened to Hodor? <laughs> Wait, I tweeted about this last night. I said, uh... Um, are they trying to say sorry to uh, George R. R. Martin by not putting Willis in the in the series by naming Hodor Willis? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I felt like that was a thing to the like book readers. It was like you wanted Willis. Here's Willis. Did anybody else think it was weird that there was a, like a sliding door installed under that tree that the weirwood tree is in? Who is building that? It's not a cave. Yeah. It's like a door. <laughs> yeah, they must have had that installed because. When they ran into the cave, there was no door. And, like, all the skeletons just, like, burst apart when they entered the cave. So I'm guessing, like, you know, Bran was like, you know what would be nice right here is a pocket door. Nothing yeah. nothing that swings in or out, but just kind of slides, you know? Like, save the space. Like, we could put stuff around it. Yeah, yeah. the builder. Yeah, no, the yep. builder. there you go. <laughs> Bran, the interior designer. And it did look that Lyanna was much older than, than Bran. Than, uh, Earth? Ned in this flashback, right? Yeah, yeah she's the oldest, that. it seems. Yeah, she's, no old. she's supposed to be the younger sister, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I think she was 
older than yeah. Ned. No, she was younger. She was older than Benjamin, but younger than Ned, I think. Yeah, yeah I think I, that's what it was. I agree. I also <laughs> checked. She was the younger sister. Boom. Knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thoughts maybe on Touché. the mirror. Anything on the mirror part? <laughs> one, one. All right. I'm glad she's not dead yet. <laughs> not paced yet? Yeah. Well, do we know how much time has passed since last time we saw them? Because a whole season's gone by, and the last time we saw him, it was season four. Yeah. So, judging by Isaac, like three years of puberty. Three years. He's a man grown. And a very sharp haircut. Does anyone mm, think his acting has nice. gotten worse? I mean, he doesn't have much to do, but I don't know. I felt yeah. like his line reads were kind of flat. Yeah, that's I don't know. His eyes turning white were really, like, you know, disingenuous, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> One line that kind of made me feel weird was when the the leaf lady was all like oh he's not gonna stay here forever and i'm like what yes he is yeah, what's he gonna do then <laughs> yeah that that also was like well what how's he we gonna fight go a back. battle on hodor <laughs> battle hodor he's gonna warp <laughs> the werewood into giant pacific rim looking jaeger and just beat the shit out of the white walkers <laughs> Dude, that, i'd love that if they did that that would be great so, what is Mira doing outside the cave, you know, where all the, like, skeletons burst out of the, like, the snow all of a sudden, just, like, hanging Smoke. out, like, unawares? Smoke break? Five probably minutes? Feeling, probably feeling <laughs> stifled. I believe she was grieving, but... Yeah. For a whole year. It She's probably bored as shit. Yeah. She's like, I try to have a conversation with somebody, and they're either like warging into a tree or saying Hodor. Like, what the fuck? I don't it's know. A- Hodor could bring up some very good points. It's true. Hodor. <laughs> I it's agree. Not, it's not a good situation for Mira, for sure. All right, well, let's go ahead and then move to the next part, which is the first part we get on the wall, where we have Alistair Thorne confronting Davos and telling him it's time to come out. Ooh. Davos grabs Longclaw, determined to fight to the last. Before the Night's Watchmen can chop the door down, the gate is breached by a small wildling host led by Dolores Head or or Dolores Head or Dolores Head, depending. <laughs> I'm all confused now. <laughs> I gotcha! <laughs> and, and Torment. Uh, with the help of 1-1, they quickly force the Night's Watchmen to surrender. The group goes to see John, and lo and behold, he's still dead for now. So thoughts on this first bit we get on the wall. Dude, there were like half a dozen bows drawn, and none of them fired, except for the fucking asshole behind Wan Wan. Even after he that, fires. That like, paid for it really good. The, the rest of them are smart enough to be like, oh, that wasn't a bad idea. That was a bad idea, dude. Nope, nope. Even before he grabs him and smashes him against the wall. <laughs> I'm not one with like to be like, oh, look at the blood and violence and stuff. But like on this, in this scene, man, he just smashes up against the wall, and you see this huge blood trail as he tosses him onto the ground. Like that was just, it said so much, you know, without any dialogue. You mean it said, "Don't fuck with giants." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and you can totally get why they did they surrendered. So he's I, like, I don't even like, I don't even know if human beings have that much blood, but whatever. <laughs> Metaphor and symbolism. <laughs> I mean, that guy had, like, a kill shot on him. He could have, like, shot the giant in the back of the neck, right? Is that their weak spot? He shot him on, like, the farthest him? right of the shoulder. <laughs> and it's like... The yeah, giant's, like one arrow would have killed the giant anyway. Yeah. I mean, next. you can't really kill the last of the giants. Anyone think when, like, they panned back to the scene and they had all the archers pointing at, like, the door, did you still think that they had just been standing there for that entire time? Because at first I'm like, wait, how long has it been? I thought he gave them a day. <laughs> <laughs> They're nice watchmen. They, they watch. 
that's their skill. I kept expecting like the uh, not Bone Marsh, the other guy who always looks like he's pooping his pants. That's his name. Like to no. die because every scene, like he's always like looking very shamefaced. He's like, uh, and then I thought he was they were leading up to getting killed, but he didn't. Um, Yarwick, also Yarwick, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's always shitting his pants. And looking shamefaced. He needs the brown pants. As you should be if you are one is shitting your pants. <laughs> we got the bait and switch with Davos in the trailer. We thought he was going to start killing everybody, but actually he was talking about how bad he was at fighting. So that was yes. nice. That was nice to get that answer because we spent how long talking about that on the trailer discussion? A good hour. Oh boy, they're all back with. Oh, they're going to be back with John, right? Everyone but the conspirators, right? right? Like they're they're cool. Yeah. Again. But how I many did. are left? If those thirty guys were all with Alistair Thorne and those five guys were with John, are those five guys the only Night's Watchmen left? There were a bunch uh, of people in the in the hall. All just arguing with each other yeah. during the first episode, right? I guess. I feel like they've got like a hundred people, maybe, right? That's left uh, Lord Commander a dollar said to you know, figure out, right? <laughs> Inter- interim Lord Commander. Interim. Lord. I, yeah. I had interim. that Did give the order. I thought, is he the next Lord Commander? It could be. Yeah. Well, yeah, if there's only five guys to vote, he's the only one we know, so obviously he's going to get it. <laughs> he did get and the five guys were in that room yeah. with Davos. These are the guys I trust. Who are they? I don't know, but he trusts them. He, and we know his name. <laughs> Our new Lord Commander, Night's Watchman number four. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll be dead by the end of the episode. Shut up, Katie. I like little kids. He's <laughs> <laughs> not a little kid. He's like a pouty teen. He grew up five years. In He's hitting episode. puberty. Like... Yeah. All right, Ollie Watch will continue for next week. <laughs> but yeah, first we will go to King's Landing. We have starting with a King's Landing small folk asshole guy sharing his own take of Cersei's walk of shame. When he goes to take a piss, he is approached by Sir Robert Strong, who dashes his head against the rocks and returns to his master. Some Lannister guardsmen arrive, barring Cersei's way to the Sept. Cersei protests, but she and her knights stand down. So, short scene here. We get a little more Robert Strong. Casey, you said it was filler. Matt, you liked it. What did everyone else think? I really liked Uh, it. I kind of want to wonder how did Robert Strong know where this guy was if Cersei was like when she saw him was like hmm gotta check this guy's address find out where he lives what he does what his schedule's like and then I'll send my zombie to go kill him or if it was just Robert Strong who just walks around the city in his spare time just a happy accident it was probably more of her like sending him out to find and stop these people from talking about you know what happened and just making a message. How hilarious! Even though he was supposed to know he was the guy from who like flashed her and. And also, I maintain that the guy had like a fly on his forehead, and Robert Strong was just <laughs> trying to help him out, and he just didn't know his strength. He's like Lenny with the bunny rabbits. Exactly. He fucking bunny rabbit that guy to death. <laughs> it might. I think the value of the scene is that it shows some of the consequences of the walk of shame. Obviously, in the last episode we saw Cersei, it was highlighting her personal suffering. But now in King's Landing, she's the item of ridicule and people don't fear her, which is juxtaposed to Robert Strong smashing that man's head in, which means, you know, they will uh, reestablish the order of Cersei being someone the populace of King's Landing is afraid of. It's also, did anyone think that the visual language of her pulling the thread, because that was a long take on her kind of plucking that string loose from her shirt sleeve, mm-hmm. her sleeve or whatever. It's like she's coming a little undone. Possibly. <laughs> she seemed kind uh, of in control to me otherwise, though. She seemed kind of together to me. Yeah, it could be go different ways. Like uh, Mr. Corb was writing on the forum about it, and it could be like she's unraveling and coming unhinged, but it could be like 
she's pulling the strings or trying to pull the thread this way and that and maneuver things. So it depends on how you want to read it. But it was should be noticed one way or the other, I suppose. Uh, I think it might be just that like one annoying loose thread that you have to pluck, and that was the guy in the wine sink. No symbolism whatsoever. No symbolism, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, this thing's fucking fraying. I gotta cut it off. Like, just bothering me. Like, I think the MVP, at least for me in this episode, was that poor jobber who's the head of the Lannister guard, who just looks so upset to be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I thought I literally thought you just like his name was Jobber until I thought about it for a second. <laughs> Jobber Lannister. No, he's a great cousin. He did a good job. I mean, he he doesn't want to put up a fight. He doesn't want there to be violence, but he has to do this because yeah, the king yeah, told him. He's like the king gave me an order. Finally, finally, <laughs> yeah. And the collective like, sigh of like two dozen people, like, oh fuck, we don't have to fight this one guy. Right. <laughs> All right. So speaking of the king not having many orders lately, the next scene we get is Tommen and Jamie watching over Marcella's body. Jamie asks why Tommen did not let Cersei attend. Tommen tells him that the High Sparrow barred her access and shares his frustration with his own inaction. The High Sparrow arrives and says that Marjorie has still yet to confess her crimes. Jamie tells Tommen to go see his mother and demands to know why he is not being punished for his own sins. A group of is warriors. Is anyone else thinking at that point? Because you're a man. Right. I, that's that's what I thought. But yeah. <laughs> a group of warriors suddenly surround Jamie when he threatens violence, and the High Sparrow explains that killing him would be a pointless gesture. Jamie stands down. So yes, seen in the sept. It's really good, but at the beginning when they just it's silent, it's dark. We've got Tommen and Jamie standing over a body. It was like, well. Here we are again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. This looks familiar. I do think it really gives us, like, all we need to really know about the High, high Sparrow, High Septon at this point. Just, he's a complete misanthrope. Mm. He hates humanity. Like, that is the basis for every action he does. Is like, everyone deserves to suffer and die, including me. He's a, a true believer, kind of, if you want to put it that way. And he does seem to have kind of a cheery disposition when he's talking about how the small people can take down a whole empire, so he's kind of like, we have a lot of power. I'm, it might not be all me, but it's I'm involved in this powerful movement. I, I think this really hurts Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I saw that comparison. He looks a little bit like it. <laughs> Just because of the frizzy hair? That's really it? Well, and he's talking about, you know, all those lords and ladies. You no, know. taking off... Yeah, yeah, the big institutions and how it's rigged. Like, hey, it's 90, the small people. 99%, that's it, us. It just It's just so expensive to get into the Citadel these days, and you know what? Well, and let's be honest, like the, the High Septon is kind of one of the 1%. I mean, we've all seen how big the Sept of Baylor is. I mean, come on. like That's a palace. 90, 90% of the kingdom's worth is in uh, 10% of the people's hands. It's not fair. <laughs> the Lannisters and the Baratheons. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, Mikal, I was kind of reading a little bit. Of, I mean, we were kind of speculating last season about whether or not the the fact that he was kind of targeting people like Marjorie and Cersei could have been a little bit misogynistic on his part. And I did definitely read that into that with the part where Jamie says, what about my sins? Like, that seems very deliberate to me mm. that they're making that kind of point. Yeah, it's also not, I mean, part of it's how the society works, right? Like, men aren't punished like that. The men who are punished like this are either enough of a target because they're obviously gay like Loras or they're people like um, what's his face who you know take it upon the, the sparrows who uh, Lancel who take it upon themselves you know it's it's not 
there aren't, I don't think, mechanisms. I mean, maybe that's what the maybe that's what the high spiral is going for in terms of like, you know, there are so many of us we can, you know, take you down. Like maybe he's waiting to have enough power that he can take someone like Jamie down. But I did kind of think it was like we don't punish people like you like that. That's just not we don't sexually shame you. That's not what happens. Oh, you know? yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, do, I mean, I do. think. I mean, he said stuff. I know he does in the books. I'm pretty sure he said it to Cersei about women being sinful. Oh, he does that like yeah, multiple he had a, times. He does a couple lines. Like, oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, there definitely is. I mean, misogyny is like not a surprising crime to add to this yeah. guy's resume. But you know, I mean, it is. He's interesting because it still is a little bit like. I mean, I I think he believes that he is improving the lot of the people, both through religion and through overthrowing, you know the the muck that has grown there or whatever, but it's hard to mm-hmm. say exactly how much of that is like, it's hard to call him not devout because obviously he's devout, but like how much of that is expediency and like extreme, like possibly the most intel- can, intelligent use of that. In but the can't series. you say that about any religious cult leader or something like that? Sure. But you know. they're not the subject of story. So what do you think his end goal is? is? Is he just trying to get the Lannisters out of power? Or does he want to complete theocracy with no great house? Cause you know, he has a whole thing with like Olena in last season about, have you ever sowed the field? You know, we're the many, you're the few. And then it's, it's kind of saying the same thing again to Jamie. It's kind of, he wants yeah. Theocracy, yeah. He does this. He has a very palatable populist message that is very tainted by the, the religious, ang- the zealotry that's underneath it. So it's, I mean, it's kind of hard. It's a mixed bag, you know, because it's like, I don't think anyone here is like, yay, monarchy, and I don't think the monarchy benefits any of the people of Westeros. So on the one hand, toppling the monarchy is very, it's something you would want to happen, but what he's offering to replace it with is, is in many ways, a lot worse. The theocracy. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and go to the last scene we get in King's Landing, where Tommen goes to Cersei and apologizes for everything he's done and failed to do. He is determined to be strong and to make things right, but only with her help. Cersei promises to and embraces her last surviving child. So, yes, a tender moment here with Cersei and Tommen. He promises to be more like his older brother. Yes. <laughs> oh, great. Wonderful brother. This is this has been one of the big scenes where I've actually kind of enjoyed that they've aged up Tommen. Seeing like the young king trying to figure out what to do, because uh, mm-hmm. you have his mom, who's one extreme, the pressure being put on him by the faith, the fact that his wife is in prison and he can't do a thing about it right now, and then you have Jamie kind of giving moderate advice but still trying to support him and just. Seeing all that culminating, I think it's going pretty well. Where is Kevin? <laughs> I, I was talking to some people about this. Where's Kevin? Where's Pycelle? Where, where are all those guys? Where's Littlefinger? <laughs> what happened hey, to Kevin, he's busy. They're running the kingdom. You know, they're, they're off running the kingdom. Cersei's sure. not privy to Yeah, we haven't seen a small anymore. council meeting yet or anything. Yeah, I'm just it's kind of odd they haven't showed up yet, but yeah, we just haven't seen them. I think Sir Pounce might be given Tom in the side eye if he was still around. With Tom and all talking about how he wants to be strong and defeat people and break everybody, it seems yeah. a little bit too intense. Sir Pounce is like, "Well, fuck you! I'm just gonna lay on this windowsill." That's what a cat would do. I do agree with you, Small Paula, that that uh, this was this was good a good moment, and I am enjoying older Tom and as well. Mm-hmm. All right, I just, well, want, I just want to say okay. I'm happy that a nickname that I gave somebody actually stick. I don't think it's ever happened before, so <laughs> happy about it. Oh this. boy, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> forever, forever, Small Paul. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go to Marine then, where we have the coalition of useless Marine leaders meeting to discuss how 
useless they are, Varys explains that Yunkai and Astapor have been retaken by the Masters. Tyrion suggests that maybe the dragons could help, believing that they can be reasoned with or something like that. He goes to see them and shares his childhood obsession with dragons, and they don't kill him for some reason, probably because he's a secret Targaryen, probably. Uh, he remembers their findings, and they walk off. And, and yeah, this was not the other scene that I really enjoyed. I, you know, when whenever Peter Dinklage gets those moments to kind of give more depth to Tyrion and show some of the more stuff about him, it's just always really works, and it really worked in this scene. I was mad that after Miss Sandy said, "Yeah, the dragons are cool with me; they'd never hurt me," Tyrion and doesn't take her with him right yeah i thought that's exactly where they yeah. were going <laughs> it looked like she was gonna send her down there i guess i mean i guess that might be for contractual reasons maybe she had filled her scene quota and they couldn't <laughs> put her in there but still it's just uh boneheaded yeah she was totally vetted right right <laughs> i i really just chalk this up to Tyrion being stone drunk <laughs> it's much more amusing that way i had two issues with this scene the first was I thought Dinklage's tone to the dragons was really horrible. Like the weird patronizing voice he put on for them. That's and how then you talk my to babies, isn't it? <laughs> That's not how I talk to a baby. That was, that was weird. How you talk to pets? <laughs> nope. That's how I talk to like a tiger. Be like, good boy. <laughs> we like you. You're <laughs> not gonna eat us. <laughs> my other issue is I don't think they do a very good job making Rhaegel and Viserion look different. They look exactly the same. They did. They have the yeah. same coloring in this one. That was yeah. annoying. I, was I guess wondering. it's a cave, so it's dark, but yeah. show some green, show some whitish gold. Like, they're supposed to be... In my mind, they look very colorful, and they yeah. always just look gray and black in the show. I thought the way that they were animated was super good. They, it was probably the most emotion I've seen out of those, like, dragon CGI characters that we've ever had. So I like that, but you're totally right. The coloring is weird. And I, I kind of was wondering if there would be a thing where one of them favored Tyrion and the other didn't, if he was going to be, like, a dragon rider and, and one of the dragons. Get that him. gold dragon, Tyrion. Right. Hmm. <laughs> where did they go after they got their shackles off? I'm guessing they're eating whatever they weren't eating. Mm-hmm. Let's go back yeah, it case. didn't seem like they left. It was just kind of like a yeah. not in they chains had, anymore. They had to go get they, their stuff before they left. Yeah, but they can leave. <laughs> right, they could break out of there, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I was con- uh, concerned for Varys a lot. He looks, like he looks after Tyrion left, yeah, <laughs> he's like still <laughs> in the doorway, like you know, devil may care, and uh, his head looks kind of yeah, like an egg, might be, you know. I, I did not like that last line that Tyrion had, the punch me in the face line. That just did not sound right. Well, you know it's setting up some slapstick scene in three episodes where, like, Varys <laughs> just slaps him. Like, What'd you do that for? <laughs> oh, yeah. You told, told me to. to slap you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion's not like a secret Targaryen. He totally yes, he is. is, but he is. But I'm not if... taking this as confirmation of that, even though he probably is. I mean, he could be just in the show, but this seems... I'm not like taking this as confirmation since but I don't Zach, think the show has a single the show, that means it's gotta this, but... I don't think that, but I've always thought he was a secret Targaryen anyway, so... Uh, yeah. Those dragons had to get so low for Tyrion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, that was so heartbreaking. I know. I, I guess not everyone liked it, but just the, the whole like, just a small dragon Aww. the size is me. Uh, you imagine God, little like Tyrion. That, totally. Like, oh. I just enjoyed the gratuitous drop of Gyrion's name. That was enough for me. 
They didn't say his name, did they? Just his uncle. Yeah, I think said, yeah. Oh, they didn't we, say Garion? I don't no. think so. We can assume. We want uh, it so bad that we heard We it knew what they meant. <laughs> Could be Kevin. <laughs> but but isn't that straight out of like a Game of Thrones? Like the first book where he says, like, I asked my father for a dragon. Like when yeah. he's talking to Jon Snow. Yeah, I think so. Now, he says that he went like at, down to the... I don't know, like, yeah, like the Lannister crypts or whatever, and used to pray for a dragon to burn his father and sister alive. <laughs> it was a little more brutal. You know, which is healthy. Everyone in that family is healthy, as we know. Uh, but first, let's go to look at some more healthy circumstance with our weekly check-in for Arya in Bravos, where the waif returns with her stick to Arya's begging spot and demands to know her name. Unsatisfied with the answer, she beats her again and leaves. Arya lashes out blindly, literally blindly, in frustration. <laughs> Jake and Faceless Man Guy grabs her stick and asks her favorite question. He promises her shelter, food, and her eyes if she tells him her name, but she says that she is no one three times. Yeah. She seems to pass some test, and Jake and tells her to follow him and to leave her begging bowl behind. So, so something new for Arya? How long has she been on the streets here? Because I would think that she would have gotten a little better at being blind. You know, that's just me. Or she should have made friends with her fellow beggars so they could help her when the evil wave comes to beat her up. Yeah. <laughs> and, they could grab her from behind. And did, it, did this scene feel a little bit... Bit rushed. I mean, like I, I still, I still thought it was really well done, and I, you know, seeing her, you know, a girl, a girl can have her eyes back, and like it was, it was, you know, the emotion was there, but it also felt like, oh, well, that's quick, and then moving on, you know. She's, she's got shit to do this season. Yeah, they don't, they don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah, get there. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I just, it did feel it, a little rushed. When the scene came up, I just thought to myself, oh look, it's ass kicking the clock again, <laughs> and like, wow, this is getting a bit boring now. The Bravos tourism oh, wait, world is really... really like not doing their job, you know. Bravos, <laughs> we like beating beggars in the street. <laughs> the thing is, I'm kind of used to Arya kind of getting her way. You know, that's sort of how the books work. She doesn't, she isn't really blind. She is seeing through cats. She like finds all these ways around things. She doesn't really get rid of. So people. yeah, right. exactly. So the fact that Jaken was like, "Never mind, you're so cute. Come back." It was fun. <laughs> So, I mean, I was, like, not expecting anything else. Of course, she's going to go and kick ass and do her backflip thing that she does. So She still yeah, has she's... lots of ninja training to go. Yeah. So, are we just going to get a montage, like, stretch that over the next, like, five episodes? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe not that long, but, yeah. Training. Hopefully, and... I think... the tiger. Do you think she actually learned anything from this experience, or it was just more of a mm. put her in her place, show her what's what? Because it didn't I, seem like she gained any extra sensory hearing or like paying attention uh, to your surroundings or uh, getting better at fighting. Yeah. As far as that goes, no. I think it was more a moral lesson, more trying to make her into no one, you know? Yeah. And I, maybe it didn't work. And it, we, we obviously don't know how long she was out there, but it seems like she's more in on the experience. Like she's committed to being the faceless man now a little bit. That's how it felt to me. Higher pain tolerance. That too. <laughs> knows what it feels like to get hit in the mouth a lot. Yeah. You wouldn't believe what a good ass kicking can convince you of, I suppose. If I got hit in the <laughs> nose that hard, it would be gushing blood. Because it'll be a dry allergy season, and I'll be gushing blood out of my nose anyway. So, And also, you have a cocaine problem. <laughs> yeah, that's why I might not be No. No, of course not. not. It's not coke. All right, well, enough with cocaine and nosebleeds, I think, and Arya as well. Once again, I'm sure we'll get another look at her next week to see where this advances. But first, let's go to the scene that perhaps will have a little bit more negative opinions, possibly. Winterfell, where Ramsay and the young cart lord Karstark try to convince Roose to attack the Night's Watch and kill Jon Snow. But Lord Bolton is unwilling to take that kind of risk. 
The maester arrives to inform them that Lady Walda's child has been born. Ramsay decides to switch to more aggressive negotiating tactics, and uh-oh, Roos gets stabbed! Ramsay tells the maester to inform the Northern Lords that Roos Bolton was poisoned and is sent for Lady Walda and her child. The maester reluctantly complies to both requests. Ramsay meets the two in the yard and takes them to the kennels. He explains to her that he is Lord Bolton now and sets the dogs on mother and son. So yes, Roos Bolton is dead. That is what's happening. Fucker. Anyone else yes. really loving Maester Walken? He's like my new favorite character. <laughs> he's, he was nice. I, I think he's like the representation of show readers where we're just uh, show watchers where we're show just readers. like, oh, <laughs> what's happening? What's happening? Close captions. Is it possible to ask for a transfer as a maester? Because I would definitely put that letter in. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> like, I don't know. The one go. Get one, so. Well, right. there's a there's a dead one in Dorne, so <laughs> he's better off as far as maesters go this season. The scene with Dorne last week just convinces me that this is the most elaborate fan fiction <laughs> in human history. This honestly indicates to me that Roose Bolton is going to die really quickly in the Winds of Winter, Don't and do that. that there's something going on in Winterfell. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I always thought that would happen. I mean, the way the situation is in in the in the book at the end of Dance, it does seem to be leading to something like that. Someone was saying to me, "There's so much cabin fever and everything going on. It seems like things are escalating, and I could definitely see Bruce dying. It's just it would be it would, be, it would obviously be staged better than Ramsay just yeah. like getting mad and killing him. Right, which is almost all the more makes more sense that it like played out like this, you know. Uh, another thing is like a book reader that really got my goat was like. We control the might of our staunch allies, the Karstarks, Umbers, and Manderleys. And I'm like, oh yeah, because in the books, the Manderleys are so trusted by these guys. Yeah, well, they, yeah. they think they are, at least. They yeah. think they're their allies. But, yeah, so that's their allies going to the Battle of Winter. Like, that's well, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce is under no you know, impression that that's actually the case. He knows that it's hanging by a yeah. But they're saying that, like, oh, we just basically need the Boltons and the Karstarks, really, and, like, you know, we can take on anyone else. Like, that. that's also kind of the point he was making. And it was Ramsey that said that. Yeah, also, it was so Ramsey that might... said that, but it, it like, it was, it, yeah. it went unquestioned by Roose. Ramsey's just setting up an East Coast, West Coast rap battle in the North with all the <laughs> Eastern Houses versus the West. <laughs> this is the part about the episode that I didn't like because it sort of invalidates the need for Sansa, which invalidates kind of that whole storyline and just kind of makes a lot of stuff feel pointless to me. I well, actually think for- it doesn't invalidate Sansa because I think it focuses Ramsay's obsession and he is all about, you know, getting the things he wants, the things he thinks he, des- he deserves, you know, which is, I mean, to me, honestly, it made perfect sense that he, he killed Bolton. Maybe I was just kind of like latently expecting that, but I think that this is like his downfall. Like this is the clear path of him. Like, riding off the cliff. No, I didn't mean that part. I mean, that part makes sense. What I meant was that, like, they it kind of invalidated the need for her in the first place. Like, oh, we need her to secure the North. Oh, not really. The Karstarks are pissed. They, that's all we really need to secure the North. So why did you piss off the Lannisters the Karst- by getting Sansa? Where did the Karstarks even came, come from? Like, that guy just uh, up literally out of nowhere. That's, I mean, the, the whole thing is just rushed. That's the problem. Because, I mean... It's. I can see it leading that way. I'm, I don't mind Bruce Bolton dying. Who cares? Yeah. The actor's pretty good, but I, I mean, just. Well, I just. Going to happen. Yeah. But. This part. Obviously, we. Were, you know, you're kind of wanting the book, Bruce. Who's like, oh, well, I know. Even if it's a boy, Ramsey's just gonna kill it. I'm cool with that. He, he's. He's totally knows his son, and he wouldn't be caught off guard like this. You would think, but this Bruce is just all of a sudden, you know. Oh, hey, I might replace you now. Give me a hug. Oh, what? As it was happening, I was thinking I, it could go either way on which one would stab which one. Yeah, I could yeah. see Ruse actually stabbing Ram. I thought the same thing, too. If, if the baby is no threat right now, he's not a threat for 18 years or for 10 years. For a long he's not a threat time. the day he's born. 
But if if Roos had a knife in his hand, like if a knife dropped from his hand or something, and like Ramsey was just the first one, that would have been amazing. I have to agree with uh, Mikal because I just I feel like this is show Ramsey, not book Ramsey, but show Ramsey just deraveling. Like he's going nuts. Sans is gone. He's losing things, and he just feels like because the baby was born. I feel like he's just losing it and just trying to make everything better again. He hates children. Yeah. No, I think he was weirdly emotional. Like, not in a sociopathic way, because I feel like when he usually torments people, it's with a kind of a wink and a grin and like, oh, no, you didn't see this coming. But he felt weirdly hesitant when he was about to order the dogs to tear them apart. Like he was kind of turning it over in his head, like, what would it be worth maybe to not do this? Which is a very unusual thing for Ramsey to do. But I don't know, maybe killing his dad has kind of shaken him. In a way. Is it just me or has like the whole North forgotten about the Red Wedding? The North doesn't the North really remember. <laughs> well, the North remembers. The Bolton North. I mean, I don't think when when they were all like, "Oh yeah, the Umbers and the and the Manderleys will stand with us." I'm like, "Fuck, they will." Yeah. It's definitely their perception of this, and I think that Sansa's going to get caught up in some stuff that's going to hopefully mm-hmm. prove either prove it wrong or she'll just get raped again. Um, either either oh, one really could work, but yeah, no, I mean, I I think that it's it's one of those situations where the the scene itself didn't bother me. It's just the brutality that Game of Thrones so gleefully and intentionally goes to is just like I wasn't even surprised. I was like, okay, how's it going to kill them? Oh yeah, probably the dogs. Yep, the dogs. Oh, okay. Yeah, it cool. could have just been you know, it could have been off like, screen or it could have been a different way. Like the dogs thing was seemed a bit. Ugh. It was off screen. They really they yeah, like killing it. You know, I mean, and the they, well, they like it flying as much as they want. They like being like, Ramsey fed this and her newborn baby to the dogs. Oh, my goodness. Even though, you know, I don't think she would have been out of bed at that point, but whatever. This is also another thing that happens when you have no women on your writing staff. The only chances of rainbows and unicorns is from Skagos. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say it's, it was nicely fitting that Roos got shanked exactly like, like how he did Rob at the yep. wedding. So it was very poetic. Yeah, I think I think the embrace uh, and then stab. Right. Eric mentioned that on the forums too. The first point you made, though, Michael, you're right that these are the only North people we've seen that, that the Karstarks and the Boltons. So I think you're right that when we see other people, they they will remember the North and all that good stuff. Well, um, the Umbers are keeping Rick on in a show, right? Right. I think we're headed there. Let's go ahead and move to the next bit in the North, someplace where we have Brienne sharing the story of her encounter with Arya to Sansa. Sansa takes some small comfort in that knowledge that she is still out there somewhere and still unladylike. She apologizes that she did not go with Brienne before and goes to Theon to speak with him. Theon says that it's time to make amends and that it's also time for him to go home. So yes, more stuff with Sansa. A bit disappointed that Brienne didn't mention that it was the hound Arya was with because, oh, who else has half their face burned away and is just really big? Hmm. I thought they were introduced right before they fought. Did they talk to you? Did they, Did they say Hello, names? my name is Sandor. No, I think Pod said... That's a hound. Oh, you're yeah, right. Sandra Clegane. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Maybe well she didn't remember. Pop. Well, fucking a blind squirrel finds a nut. I was just annoyed that Sansa hugged Theon enthusiastically. Yeah. I would have accepted a pat on the shoulder, like, okay, see ya. Get out of here. <laughs> like, hey, ho- hopefully you make it home without dying in this winter. Bye. Hope you get your dick back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jesus. Oh, we can argue whether wow. or not it makes sense that Sansa has any fondness for him, but I, I bought it. I don't know. I thought it was fine. 
No, I I like this because it, like not I don't think that it it's meant for like us to think that they're in any kind of like romantic feeling. Oh, no. I feel no, like it's no, more no. like yeah, I feel like it's meant just to be like oh my god, we've survived this together and we are the only people that we can bond on that together. So I I I I'm like I don't have any weird feelings about this. I mean, that is a way that people do bond is shared trauma. That's a very real thing. So I yeah, I totally bond it. The thing is that's fine. It's just that that's the only thing that Sansa does. Like she's like sure. unbelievably dedicated to to Theon who rescued her, you know, because she's incapable of literally doing anything by herself. I I just I'm just frustrated not that there's anything inherently bad about the way Theon and Sansa's relationship is working right now. I mean, it bothers me less on certain levels than Davos being like, oh, it's okay, Melisandre. It doesn't matter that you burned an, a 10-year-old girl at the stake who I loved with my very life. To, he, to cool. be fair, he does not know. Fine, 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 fine. But the, the point is that it is used to continually prop up Theon as a character yeah. And use Sansa to do that. Everything she does is said in this beseeching manner. And if you can't, you know, I don't want you to leave me. Oh, my goodness. Like, I wouldn't have survived without you. And it's not that that's not true. It's just that the show is only giving us that element of it. And it's fine when it's Jane Poole, but it's not fine when it's Sansa Stark. Hmm. So I, I agree with a lot of that, but I also would say that one of Sansa's good features that it's accentuating is that she, like, has compassion and care for the people that don't deserve it and that she can see past people's some people's flaws. She's not saying, oh, I depend on you and you saved me and I am not didn't do anything, but just, like, I can see that you are suffering as well and I have care for you, even if you are kind of a jerk some other times and you don't deserve anything from me. I still I think, value you. I think that's a very generous reading because I, I would agree that that Sansa's characters in the book. I could not give you much of a read on what Sansa's defining characteristics are in the show needy yeah that's about mm. it <laughs> it's changed a bit though. I just like, she, she spends like an episode or two with like oh completely different and then just goes back and yeah and there's that scene before where she's getting a bath that's like no this is my house you can't frighten me in my house and then the rest of the fucking yeah. thing goes to you, shit you guys but... remember dark sansa when we thought like shit was about to get real right <laughs> How many I, yeah. seasons have we gotten an interview with Sophie Turner saying, you know, Sansa's going to kick ass this season, and then <laughs> the season blows by? I want to believe it's finally time when she gets to where she's going. I, I want to believe that yeah, this is the moment where we finally get to see her come into her own. But she, you're totally right. Where, we haven't seen where, it. Where do we well, think she's if you had, if you were her and you had filmed these seasons, what would you say in the interviews about what was coming up in the season? Okay, there's okay, nothing to really be fair. So she's in a no-win situation. To be situation. fair, like you're Will Smith and you filmed Wild Wild West. What are you going to say when you're being paid to promote it? Like, oh yeah, man, my character's great. This movie's great. You know, no matter no matter what it is, that's what you have to say. Is what you're paid to say. Oh no, I don't blame Sophie Turner. She's like she's reading the note cards that are given to her yeah. for these interviews. It's just it's like at this time it's just like wind between my ears, like, okay, I gotcha, like to call me when you prove it. Yeah. It's just that you know, it's it's the same thing because you know, I mean this was my frustration with the last episode and also it kind of tied back to you know, the to to Santa's rape scene, like they're really black and white here. Like the, the writers just don't get that there are ways for characters, female or male to exhibit agency, even in situations where they are not being agents and they are not active and they are being tormented. And like, 
you know, there were so many things Sansa could have done in the in in the last episode to just like show a tiny amount of spine of personality of whatever. And they just I don't they either aren't interested or don't know how or or maybe they have some great reason not to write it that way. But as somebody who she is my character in the show, it's continually frustrating. So what is Theon going to do now? Like, what is, is he going to try to kill Euron or something? That's how it felt to me. I don't know. I think he knows Euron is around. Well, when he finds out, it sounded like, he, so he's saying he's making amends. It sounds like he's going to go on some kind of attempted Ironborn killing spree or well, something. I, mean, I thought he said he couldn't make amends and he was just going to peace is out. He gonna, I thought he said, I, is he going to be dead or? Probably. I, mean, I think he, they're just going to use him because, you know, they're going to, we're getting the King's moot. So they just, we need someone that we know. So he, they're going to use him to okay. be kind of a lesser candidate for that. But then after that, what happens to him? Probably too strange, but I wonder if they'll give Theon part of the damp hair plot. Like, Dampere kind of went crazy, right? And then he became super religious. So I wonder if he goes back home and coats himself in tradition to try to uh, appeal, uh, make up for but his crime. Wasn't crimes. Yara talking to Dampere? There was an was old Dampere guy who was a priest, and it could have yeah. been Dampere, but it wasn't explicit. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily uh, preclude that possibility that Stephen's bringing up either. Um, I would dig that. To be clear, they don't have a king's mood every time a king dies. It's only when there's like a succession question, right? Yeah, yeah. and when uh, they yeah. have a king. That was kind of a little nitpick for me, like in... I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit. Oh yeah, that, I didn't even think of that. In the next scene, when, <laughs> when she's like, "I'm gonna rule the Ironborn," and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, oh hey, shut up, woman! Don't you know we have the king's moot? You, you ain't decided nothing yet. Like, oh, um, <laughs> you, you've had a king for two hundred years? Like, okay. Let's go ahead and move to Pike then, where we have Yara telling Balon that all their last northern strongholds have been lost, including Deepwood Mott. Balon demands to know where Thea. Wait, what? Balon's. What is this saying? <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, power through. This is actually literally one missing word. Balon demands to know where Theon <laughs> is. Yara demands to know where his kingdom is. Balon walks out in a huff onto a creaky bridge in the middle of a heavy storm. He is met by a cloaked man who reveals himself to be none other than Euron Greyjoy. Euron says that now is his time to rule. Balon says that a man who could lose his sanity in a storm is no ironborn and goes to stab him with a hidden blade, but Euron throws him off the bridge before he can. The next day, the ironborn return Balon to the sea. Yara swears vengeance for her father, but a drowned priest says that she will have to win her throne at the king's moot first. Did he say he was Euron? Was that was his name actually stated? Yeah, I don't remember. No, he said he was the storm. I think he, he said brother. He said brother, yeah. I mean, it's obvious yeah. who it is, but they send him out to sea in a, like a, a casket that floats. Isn't that just going to wind up on like some other beach nearby? Unless there's an outgoing tide, they put it into the surf where it's just going to keep on pushing it back. It would be right. anticlimactic if he just went back and just sat there on the beach. And why did they put him in a lobster cage? Yeah, I like that. Like <laughs> a boat. Make it delicious. Full of fishes. So he can catch lobsters. To get more lobsters? Drown God's watery holes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, any non-lobster cage thoughts on this Oh, Aw, I have more lobster cage thoughts. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Uh, is Euron, is Euron missing an eye? I, I can't see I didn't with the, think, the I shot. I didn't see he an had... eye patch or anything. No. No, he had both eyes. Who, who else laughed hysterically when he just, like, flipped him over the rails? Like, come on. Like, that was hilarious. I didn't. I was like, what? Well, like, obviously, obviously this, <laughs> this guy means to do him harm, so he just watched, he just walks closer and close, just close enough that he can grab him quickly and flip him over. While Balon bar- well, barely, try to stab well, him. he can, he can barely hold on. And he walks right up to this guy who's clearly got, you know, better balance than him, awkwardly tries to pull out a knife and just, whoop, gets flipped over into the sea. 
Phelan doesn't seem to have a strong sense of self-preservation. So. It's, the, it's the Iron Man. <laughs> also, way. Pike seems to be very poorly constructed. <laughs> yeah. We knew that, though. <laughs> How did they build Architecture that fail. Even sober, walking over one of those bridges is your death. Well, the castle's eroding into the sea. Like, it's yeah, it, falling apart, like, literally. Isn't the legend, like, the lore behind it was that Pike was a lot bigger, but over it's time, like, parts of the castle have collapsed? Yeah. yeah. And eventually it will just sink into the sea, probably. And and we, know, we do know these bridges are supposed to be extremely treacherous. But, of course, since the Ironborn are so hardy and awesome, they like it that way. So are we taking this as any, as any sort of indication for the book? As to how Balon died, faceless man or Euron or like, is that what we're thinking? Yeah. We always thought that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he he also just died on a bridge. Yeah. Right? I mean, not like that. He was coming back with his army or navy or whatever, and just died one day falling yeah, off I a think bridge. It, it just well, we like heard that story, but we also see the vision with the ghost of High Heart, where she says that there was a man with a crow's eye and whatnot. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, the, the funeral scene is shot in Ireland or coastal Scotland or somewhere. It was very beautiful. It looked great on my giant HD television. <laughs> Ooh, humble, humble brag. <laughs> brag. Yeah, it's only 65 inches. <laughs> no, but really, it was a gorgeously uh, shot yeah. scene, and I'm glad that Yara's getting some screen time again. Missed your girl. I know, me too. Is this a season you're going to be smart or re- really stupid? Did anybody think it was odd that Yara used Asha's line against her, or the insult against Asha about pine cones and rocks is all you're going to get? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was just I laughed, about that, yeah. yeah, but it was weird that um, uh, Euron's younger brother, he's 30, he's like 35 years younger than him, or 40 years younger than him, the actors at least. It's, it's a big spread. That is weird, yeah. We do get his immortal line, although changed, the whole, when people see my sails, they pray. So, that was cool, I guess. Any other thoughts on Pike? Salt Throne? It's called the Salt Throne? <laughs> Salt throne. Sure, why not? Okay, moving on. I think currently we're all sitting on the salt throne at this point. (laughs) Perhaps, perhaps. All right, then, let's go ahead and go to the final scene, then, once again, returning to the wall, where we have Davos going to Melisandre and asking if she might have some magic that would bring Jon Snow back to them. Melisandre says that she had seen a man brought back to life by a red priest, but also that she does not have that power. She says that she was a fraud, that the Lord never spoke to her. Davos says that none of it matters and that she still has power. Melisandre agrees to try. She goes before John, cleans his wounds, speaks some words before his body, and gives him a nice hair trim. Unconvinced that anything worked, Tormund, Melisandre, Ed, and finally Davos walk off. As the door closes, Ghost wakes, and so does Jon Snow, gasping for air. He's alive! Oh my god, guys! Can you believe it? No, mm. I thought they were gonna troll. Yeah, they, us. Drew, they drew it out. Yeah, I did think they were gonna drag this out for like another six episodes or something. Yeah. As he slowly decomposes. I thought it was gonna end <laughs> on <laughs> ghosts yeah. like perking up and then like wow. and be like, "What? Great." I thought, yeah, it'd be like him working into ghosts or something. But I guess they learned you know. that they've they've learned their lesson. That's a stupid thing to do. I have a question in the show continuity. Do they when they did uh Beric Dondarrion did. He get the kiss of life, or was it just there was Thoros no, kind of went in prey? No, yeah. I thought I thought there were words, and he got in close. I'd, I'd have to go back and revisit that, but I, there was no like breath of fire or anything like that. It's just weird. Like I was trying to read from her expression, like what she thought was happening, or because like she was just massaging his pecs very slowly, and I was like, is is his color coming back? Is the wound healing up? I couldn't really. I guess nothing was happening. <laughs> She, she was rekindling his fire. But we found out that the key to R'hllor's rituals is L'Oreal hair care. <laughs> yeah. 
And it yeah. turns out that Thoros must have been quite the beautician if he has to do all that hair trimming all the time. Yeah. <laughs> John Snow is the perfect person for this, really. Mm-hmm. I kind of think the whole thing was bullshit, and Melisandre was just making it up, and all of Valerian that she was muttering was just, please, God, please make it work. And I think the only thing that <laughs> the only thing that actually did it was the word please at the very end. I, I mean, I thought she was going to die, so it was kind of a surprise that... Give her life. Right, she's still walking around. But more to do, I guess. She still may. So can she raise old to... people from the dead, or what if you have no hair? Does that, like, you're screwed? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> they look weird. elsewhere for your hair. They look elsewhere. Yep. Yeah. Gross. So it wouldn't really work for Stannis. He's got a fringe. And no head. You know what? Lord White <laughs> does not want no fringe. I forgot about that, Paul. I forgot. <laughs> still not confirmed on the show. He's still walking around. <laughs> <laughs> she had already changed her conviction to think it was John, so now she's on Team John again. Yeah. yeah. So, so I do hope there's a confrontation between Davos and Melisandre about what went down with Stannis at some point. But who's gonna tell her? Who's gonna tell him that? Like she's not gonna tell him. I mean, there's no survivors as far as we, like. Where is that gonna happen? Where someone tells him, oh, by the way, she burned Shireen before the last battle. But he should have asked her that. Uh, yeah, I actually don't know, and that's why he's very friendly with her at the time being. Yeah, which bothers Cause... me anyway, because he has no reason to be. Just because they're like shared, sur- I guess because they're both survivors of Stannis, I guess. Stannis is survivors yeah. of Stannis. Yeah, yeah I didn't mean I'm, I'm guessing he believes that. <laughs> it was like, tough, guys. We, we Stannis' army was defeated completely, including his wife and daughter. I mean, it seemed like he suspected something was going to happen before he left, so it is weird that he's not at least asked about it. There's also that one part of the trailer where it looks like Stannis is standing next to um, somebody being burned. So somebody, I think somebody still has to die. Right? Wait, what? Stannis is standing next to somebody? Oh, sorry, sorry. No, Davos. Uh, Sorry, I'm going back to sleep. Burn the witch. (laughs) 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 When Greg wakes up in the morning, it's just, my my rights, my my rights. Back to sleep. So what's what's going to happen with John? We always thought in the book, or at least some of us thought, that there would be some kind of cost to him being brought back, that he might be different or he'd be somehow changed by the experience. Do we think that's going to be how it is in the show? He seemed normal so far, but we haven't seen him do anything yet. So All he can say is Hodor. <laughs> <laughs> and then we know what happened. <laughs> and he seems okay so far. He just opened up his eyes. Oh, yeah. He breathed. He doesn't All seem he can like do is heavy breathing. breathing. <laughs> Can't control the volume of his voice. The way he woke up was like, oh, 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 man. Oh, I had a dream that I was in like this really like botched up version of Game of Thrones. And I just, oh, God. I thought that was going somewhere else. <laughs> so do we think he's going to be like weirdly out of sorts or is he got like like how is kit harrington gonna play is he gonna be just normal john snow again or is he gonna be like like there's something not quite right there yeah i that's what i'm wondering and it would be cool if he was somehow different that there was some kind of cost to this you know that would be fun but can kit harrington play john snow differently i mean obviously he's gotta have had brain damage it was like what like 48 hours i mean come on are you bringing science (laughs) into this adam (laughs) 
I'm just hoping yeah. like this is like pet cemetery and he just starts killing off like Ollie and Alistair Thorne. We just have to look at Barrack, at least show Barrack and kind of see like he was he was a bit off, but he was still himself, yeah. you know? Cuz I mean this is just it's the same. We thought that maybe he in the book he he is revived a different way or like, we don't really know, but I mean I guess it's just the same thing, so we kind of can expect similar results. I don't think the show is brave enough to make it a big change. I'm pretty sure John's just going to be back to normal. Like how awkward it would be at like a dinner to be sitting next to the guy you, like you stabbed a million times. <laughs> yeah. John should just go around shirtless from now on to show off his stab wound. Is it going to like is is he healed up inside or like can someone stick their finger inside him <laughs> does, he, does he have jesus gross <laughs> gross thomas, it becomes thomas, a good party thomas. trick all his organs Dolores said is definitely thomas stick your finger in me come here they, they cleaned his wounds i mean <laughs> i don't know give job the shocker yeah that'll oh, be fine why was Tormund like okay with bring back the dead he didn't, he didn't really seem okay with it. I don't know. I, I The looks I was getting was like, some fucked up shit, guys. And then when it didn't work, he walked away kind of <laughs> like, all right, guess that didn't work. Almost yeah, like relieved. expected it to work. Yeah, I think he just really wanted John back somehow, but he was not down with this whole shit. Well, from the preview of next week, it seems like they're going to be playing up. Like, he mentions how like the wildling thinks he's a god or something now. So that'll be his card to like unite, the, the, unite them behind him. Aren't they already kind of united behind him? I mean, he saved their asses, so... Well, I mean, at least to make them into, like, a... Like, you're my people now, basically, because he's, he's something other than a nice... He's gonna be like, we got black cloaks for all of you. Lots of extra black cloaks. <laughs> he's a fucking Stark, and he's about to bitch lap Ramsey. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to figure out, the angle that they're gonna take. Are they gonna take the, I died, my watch is done, screw this Night's Watch? Or are they gonna... Is he gonna be like, I'm still the Lord Commander? I think he's going to be like, Sir Alyssa, <laughs> you decided that you don't want me as your Lord Commander. I'm you going to, the rest to of the take podcast. care of Ramsay Bolton, <laughs> and I'll be back to fight the White Walkers. What, why is Harrington is... even playing the part when Mikhail can just do it so much better? <laughs> Lord Commander. Wait a minute. Was that not Kit? Right. Unfortunately, we couldn't get him for this. Certainly, that couldn't have been a woman. All right, Lord Snow. I mean, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. Well, I don't know why we're talking about this. No, but I, I, I do think that... I, I hate the idea of John going like, oh, okay, well, never mind, like, loophole, you know. I hate that, but, but I don't think he's sticking around at the wall. I think he'll be back to the wall because it's like the others and all that, but I don't think that... You know, I think with Ramsey Bolton on on his way, this is like his opportunity to do right the thing that he does wrong in the book. Well, do you think there's enough time in the season for them to have a battle with the Boltons and have another whatever the next step up is with the with the the others? And maybe they can end it with like the White Walkers are at the wall or something. But I can't see there being two huge battles in the North this year. This I, you're right; they're probably not going to get to the White Walkers this season, at least not in like a more pitched battle kind of way. Probably use Bran and his visions to like you know hype it up. And, like, this is what's coming. These are the real enemies. I think if it's if the North battle goes is not episode nine because I think that episode nine is supposedly a big battle scene. So if that episode does not end up being episode nine, I wonder if it'll be something White Walker related. Could be. Uh, yeah. Any last thoughts on the episode before we wrap up? Okay. <laughs> More well, flashbacks. But- yeah, I hope I hope for more. And obviously, it seems like we're getting a big one next week. Yeah. Let's all let's all try not to complain about the armor, the accuracy of the Targaryen armor. Just enjoy um, the tower. Guys, guys, they would not have they would not have the dragon <laughs> symbols on the armor. Also, where are their shields? Come on, guys. I. Oh. 
I did not see Please. Joshua Wentz. There bad was no Wentz. Yeah, bad. Yeah, I would agree with him. All of this and more you can look forward to next week on <laughs> Dragoncast, where we review the third episode of season six. Uh, what is it called? It is Oathbreaker. called uh, It's called Tower of Something. <laughs> or that. Or that possibly. I wish it was called the Tower of Joy. That would be that would be nice for us. A nice poem. Oh, fucking spoil it for everyone, McCall. God damn it. So yeah, it, it will be Oathbreaker, directed by Daniel Sakai, written by everyone's favorite, David Benioff and DB Weiss, and we'll be back next week to review that. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to check us out, we're on the VOK podcast, WordPress, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, YouTube. And you can also check us out on the forums at a podcast device and fire.com. And that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All together. Damn you, Sharktopus! Yeah, I and saw that in Spanish, and it was it was hard to follow without the subtitles because they had it out first in Spanish before English. And the proximal, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Drunk Varley is also bilingual. <laughs> I think regular Varley is bilingual. I don't even just what he's drinking. I don't even speak Spanish. I know that's wrong. <laughs> I think. I think. Regular Varley is bilingual. Drunk Varley is like maybe one and a half. <laughs> or maybe 0. 0.5. Mm. I, have a, I have a minor in Spanish. I, I, I could understand a little bit. Los libros en español están aquí. That's all I can say. Okay, so we're going to have to re-record the whole episode in Spanish now. So let's start from the top. Oh my gosh. Oh, I say she. No, why have we not done this yet? Tu madre es mi puta cada noche de la semana. Damn you, Sharktopus. Just putting that out there. speak Chinese soon. Please don't. <laughs> Feel free. It, I'm sure some listeners will appreciate it. If you want to expand our market in China. Mm-hmm. Yep, Huge in Guangdong. Let's do that. <laughs> Damn you, Sharktopus.
Club. I'm just going to be Whoa. salty that my name's going to be Small Paul from now on. So. <laughs> For all eternity. <laughs> you better own yeah. that. Damn you, Sharktopus. All right, Greg, do you want to do your questions so we can go to bed? If you guys want to. <laughs> no, no pressure. We'll do our actual, like, you know, trivia night at some point where I can do the, you know, the trivia from our trivia oh, night. I'm be so bad at But this. these are like... You said that before, Greg. I haven't had time to... I had Team Skype on. <laughs> always has Team Skype on. <laughs> That's true. I can vouch for that. Um, yeah, there were like 20 questions. These are the five that I can manage to remember at the moment. But um, me and Thomas, we Amin's team won the first round, and then like they didn't let him play in the second round, so we won. The second round. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Technically, we won. We won trivia the second round, but Amin won round one. But he was playing with Ashley and someone else, and we only had two people on our team. So he's never going to stop bragging about that—that that he got banned yeah. for being too smart. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So just chime in if you know any of these. What did Gendry call the comet um, that was overhead in like book two? I give up. I give up. <laughs> I give up. Or something. Something to do with smithing. Red hammer. The smith's hammer. Close. Matt's close. Red hammer. I have the book here. Look at that. No cheating. 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 Book <laughs> <laughs> well, readers don't need to read the books. <laughs> No, we're above reading the books at this point. Like, <laughs> I have all the books in my Red Bella, Red Anvil. What does he make? Hammer. What does he make? Red sword. Red sword. A helmet. There we go. Yay! Yeah, he actually made helmet. Why not? But he's just made make swords. The red helmet. Pass it up the chain. See if they take that. Um, all right. This one I was very happy. This like this is one of the few that I actually we actually knew. Um, who chased Brienne and Jamie after she escaped from River Run on the river? They were chasing him in a boat. If you oh, uh, the the master, master, master at arms of a uh, uh, yeah of River Run. Uh, uh, Damn it, sir. Not just red as name. famous sir dies as everyone else. <laughs> It Lost wasn't win? with the rides waned. He was the he was the Castellan or something. Right. He's like, uh, did it crap. start with a P? It did not start with. A P. Was it Paul? Did it start with a D. <laughs> Which one? What's it start um, with? R. Do not not Red Ronnet. No. It was Rupert Murdoch. Anyone hear weird farty noises? Or yeah, that's just a crunch. Yeah, yeah I don't about. know what that is. It's oh, coming phew. from that is Casey. What is that? My chair. It might be my chair. My chair. <laughs> my chair. Nice. <laughs> Blame it on the chair. Oh, yeah, it sure was your chair. <laughs> that's what they all say. Farty noises come from. What's the guy's name? What is the guy's name? Just tell us. Renault. Robin Riger. Oh, Riger. Yeah. Oh. I feel like oh, I was going to say too. that, not because I thought it was that, just because the name came to me. I always knew that just because those those are the two guys that Jamie lets go to the wall and dance. He lets him and Rutherford rides away, and they're like, "We're not going. We're going to the wall." It's one of my favorite chapters. That's such a good. Yeah. Really? Jamie yeah, Bert, like climbs up a cliff. Wow. Yeah, Jamie like drops a rock on them. <laughs> she hooks out. It's also just... well, I know Jamie no, Brienne drops <laughs> a rock on them. But it's really wow. funny too. Like Jamie's just hanging out in the boat and he's having a shouting match with Robin as he like rows up beside him. <laughs> It's really funny. 
All right, I got two more. Um, what were the th- names of the three wild dragons on Dragonstone during the Dance of the Dragons? Sheep Eater, Stealer, Sheep Eater, yeah. Grey Ghost, Animal, yeah. You got two. Cannibal, Sheep Stealer, and Grey Ghost. Cannibal, Stealer. Cannibal, very good. We couldn't get Grey Ghost. We couldn't no, get just... stuff from the actual books, but the princess and the queen, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was some more recent, questions fair, like, no, more couldn't even, yeah. it was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's more recent, but how many times has any of us read Princess and the Queen? Yeah. I've listened to that podcast me? about 20 yeah, times. Was, Holy yeah. hell, we're still on this? <laughs> <laughs> you know you can hang up when you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, the next question, I will volunteer to edit anyone's next podcast if you get this Ooh. correct, because no one... <laughs> Everyone put the same oh, answer for this I'm question, and, this for, and we were all wrong. If Zach gets this one right right now, and Greg has to edit this podcast. Except this podcast, because I have to go to bed. <laughs> Who was the first member of the Night's Watch to stab Jon Snow? Oh, do oh, what? fuck, I remember this dude. Uh, in the, in the, the guy who's always show, show or... This is in the books. Oh. Uh, it's not yeah. Boy Marsh. No, it's it's a rando. It's, it's there were there were twelve trivia teams. Every team put Bowen because that's the only one they could remember. <laughs> no, because we all Yarlick? thought it was Arthur Warwick. It's not Arthur Warwick. It's totally the dude who's like he cuts him, and then John kind of like stumbles away, freaked out. Yeah, is that the guy that like he danced away his hands like not me, not me? Small is it that pop. guy? Guys, you got opportunity free podcast to edit here. Oh fucking god damn it! I'm sure he's got one in the queue. It wasn't the Sefton, was it? No. (laughs) (laughs) The drunk drunk Sefton. What am I here? It wasn't Matt, was it? The drunk (laughs) Sefton. The drunk Sefton. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a compliment. Swearing assholes. Don't nah. tell me yet. I'm uh, I'm I'm thinking I'm about it. The cake is gonna get it. If I hear fingers tapping, I swear to God. I'm not, I'm... No. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. I've, um. Katie, we Russ, have that. Cletus, Cleganthard, Dorden. Oh, Doss. crap! Someone's got it. It was Cletus. It was Cle- John. She, <laughs> she got it. So I have a full castle recording that you can edit for me, Greg. Oh, shit. I'm joking. It wasn't fucking Cletus. Are you stupid? What are you kidding me? I'm thinking of Simpsons joke. Oh, oh, darn it. It could have been Cletus. It could have been Cletus. Cletus, no. Gavin, Garrick, Harith, Harl, Harl. I'm not I'm not reading this off anything. Leathers, Lou. You can tell I'm not reading that off anything, Katie. It wasn't Leathers. Cletus is on the the Tower of the Hand page for this chapter. That oh, name sounds familiar, and I don't think I made it up. The great Cletus is real. Cletus, yeah. At this point, he, I doubt anyone has it off the top of their head. Cletus is a short, nope, bald, chinless albino with pink eyes. He assists Maester Aemon with the ravens. Oh, he's the guy from Cletus. That's Cletus. Cletus. not Cletus. Hey, I'm from Georgia. We say Cletus down here. Oh yeah, well, no, you're wrong. Yeah, Alright, I'll give you a hint. There's also it's, a Cletus Ear Cletus Ear and Wood. W. Both first Nick. and last name begins with W. One one. <laughs> one, <laughs> one one. For the watch. 
it was an Apple Watch. Midnight Whittlestick. Wick Whittlestick. Nobody uh, would fucking get that. That's nobody impossible. Nobody got it. <laughs> That's not even a real name. Wick Whittlestick. Ah, I yes. Whittlestick, my favorite. It's there. Yep. Damn you, Sharktopus. Yeah, it was fun, guys. I think we did the best we could with 12 people. thought it was pretty good. So. You did great, Zach. You did great. Thanks. Well, thanks. Thank you, yeah. Good work. Very, very fun. Well done. Goodbye, then. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, Zach. Hey, Paul, could you say something for me? <laughs> I think that's about it. I don't know. No, that's not. Wait, not that Paul. The other Paul. I think we're about done here. Oh yeah, I think we're about done here. Is what I used to say. (laughs) (laughs) And I think we are. All right. Good night, guys. Night. All right. Good night. Damn you, Sharktopus.